Miss Isla here chiming in from my front porch. I'm actually in my front yard a little bit out in the sun because my porch stays really cold and shady and it never sees the sun. So I'm enjoying a little bit of some sunshine on a chair that I've brought out into my open front yard. And Topo's here with me today. He still has his cone on, but only for a couple more days. And I think he's getting a little bit better at navigating with his cone. So you might hear it banging around a little bit more in this episode. I know I sure heard it a couple of times in the last episode. I tried hard not to laugh, but he just looks so funny when he's running into everything. Poor boy. Friends, I was so happy to learn a little bit more about Millie Tinkle in the last chapter and learn how she came to be a talking donkey with pink ears with little bells in them. And I thought that that was a really great story and kind of a surprise twist at the end that we learned that the story was also about Noomzor Noom. And we learned that Millie Tinkle and Noomzor Noom have been friends a long, long time, even before Millie Tinkle was a talking donkey with pink ears with little bells in them. I wonder, friends, who we'll learn about in this chapter. Chapter 8 The Melly Canoe and the Story of the Music Box. The next morning, Tall got up and again opened his chest, and there he found breakfast all ready for him. When the boy had eaten his fill, Nooms or Noom took him by the hand and led him back up the whale's throat. Near the animal's mouth, they, they turned off into a narrow passage. Following this for a short way, they came to the end and found themselves in a little round room with two windows in it. This was the whale's head. The windows were like portholes and a red light was shining through them. They went up to one of the windows and Noomzor Noom said, this is one of the whale's eyes. If you stand here, you can look out and see everything that the whale sees. Tall did as the old man told him. And when he looked out in the window, he saw all kinds of fish swimming in the red water. He saw sharks, octopi, sea serpents, swordfish, turtles, balloonfish, and many other strange creatures. All these things Tall saw, and he could not make up his mind to go away. So he stood there the entire day, looking out of the whale's eye. In this way, Tall traveled across the sea. The time passed quickly because he had so many things to watch. Before he knew it, the two days and nights were up, and he had not looked out of the whale's eye half as much as he even wanted to. On the third day, the whale came up for air, and Tall saw what seemed to be a forest growing out of the middle of the sea not far ahead. There was no land in sight but only a lot of trees that rose from the surface of the water to a height of 200 feet or more. Their branches, instead of being round, were square and so broad that a man could walk the length of one with no trouble at all. There were no leaves, but hanging from each branch 
were many, many round things that looked like big magic lanterns. When Tal saw all of this, he ran back down into the whale's stomach and said to Noom Zornum, What is this that's up ahead of us? It looks like a forest, but I've never seen one growing out of the middle of the sea. Come up and look at it. I don't have to, said Noom Zornum. I know what it is. It's the land of trees. We stop here. The whale takes us no further. With these words, he hurried and packed the crystal block on top of Millie Tinkle's back. Pick up your bundle, he said to Tall. If we don't get out in a hurry, the whale will start to eat. This is where they feed, in among the roots of the trees that you saw. As soon as he bumps, follow me and Millie Tinkle as fast as you can. For a moment they stood still, waiting. Then there was a terrific bump that almost knocked all three of them off their feet. And the whale came to a stop and floated to the surface. Come on, shouted the old man excitedly. And he started off up the whale's throat. After him went Millie Tinkle and Tall followed behind, trying not to lose them in the darkness for Noom Zornum had put the golden ball away and there was now no light. Tall did the best he could to follow them, but he kept falling down and slipping back. Pretty soon he was so far behind that he could not even hear where the others were. He groped around and finally felt his way into a passage that he thought the others had taken. It led him round and round until he came to a big dark room. There he stopped and thought to himself, this can't be the way. I am lost. So he shouted and called at the top of his lungs. And every time he shouted, things seemed to shake and turn around, and he was thrown flat on his face. So he stopped shouting, laid down, and cried, I'm lost, I'm lost. I knew something terrible like this would happen. Nobody will ever know what has become of me. I'll just stay here and die. And he wished that he'd never been so foolish as to leave Martuna. The donkey and the old man made their way out to the top of the whale's head. They waited for Tall, but he did not come. And they stood there waiting, and they stood there waiting, and the whale shook his head and nearly threw them into the water. Then he shook it again and again and again. And he shook it so hard and so often that Noom Zornum and Millie Tinkle had to save themselves by going back inside the passage by which they had come. Even then, they were badly bumped and bruised from being thrown about so roughly, and they might have been hurt a good deal more had the whale not suddenly stopped. I know what's the trouble, said Noom Zornum, picking himself up. So do I, said Millie Tinkle, rubbing her forehead with her hoof. Tal has lost his way and gone into the whale's ear. Just what I was going to say, answered the old man. You stay here, and I'll go back after him. Do it as quietly as possible, begged Millie Tinkle. I don't want to have another earthquake. So the old man crept back up to the whale's ear, and there he found Tall. He called up to him and whispered, Don't say a word. Follow me. I lost my way, sobbed Tall. I didn't mean to. Shh, said the old man. Not a word till we get out of here. They crawled out and went up into the whale's head. 
from there they went into another passage, up a flight of circular stairs, and came to where the donkey was. Then the old man said, No wonder the whale shook his head. He had an earache. I found Tall right next to his eardrum. I didn't mean to do it, sobbed Tall. I got lost. You nearly killed me, said Millie Tinkle, feeling very sorry for herself. Look, I'm all black and blue. I'm sorry I couldn't help it, said Tall. That doesn't make me feel any better, said the donkey. Why didn't you follow us? It wasn't his fault, said the old man, patting Tall on the shoulder. Don't scold him. Come on, we've got to get out. So they climbed out through a trap door onto the whale's head, and everything was peaceful and quiet, just as it should be. After looking around a little, Nimzor Nim pointed to the hole that the whale spouted out of and said to Tall, Now, you sit on that hole. The whale will blow you up into the tree. But I'll get all wet, said Tall. I'll just go up and come down into the sea. No, you won't, said Nimzor Nim. You'll land on one of the branches. Don't be afraid. Tall felt that he had caused enough trouble already that day. So he did as he was told. He sat down over the hole. The next minute the whale spouted and Tall went shooting up into the air in a stream of water. He did not come down. He landed gently on a big branch and there he stayed. He shouted to Noom Zornoom, I'm all right. That was great fun. Are you coming up too? I am in a minute, said the old man. Millie Tinkle will go first. Then Millie, Dinkle, Millie Tinkle did the same as Tall. And she and the crystal block were blown up onto the branch. After her came the old man. When they were all three together again, Tall said, That whale has been good to us. I wish I hadn't given him that earache. Wouldn't it be nice if I threw him something to eat? Oh, good idea. I have a piece of whale food inside the crystal block, said the old man. I'll get it for you, and you can throw it to him. He opened the crystal block and took out a huge piece of cheese and handed it to the boy. Throw that down to him. Whales like cheese better than anything else. Tal took the piece of cheese and threw it down, saying, Here you are, Mr. Whale. Thanks for the ride. And I'm sorry I gave you an earache. I didn't mean to. The whale opened his mouth and caught the cheese. Then he smiled, dived under the water, and swam away. Tall Nimzor Noom and Millie Tinkle sat on the end of the branch until the sun dried them. Then they got up and walked toward the tree. Near the trunk, right where the branch grew out of the tree, they came to a bird's nest so big that all of them could fit inside of it with no trouble at all. They climbed into the nest and found it full of golden feathers. What are these? asked Tall, picking up a big golden feather. They are the feathers of the Melly Canoe said Noomzor Noom. The Melly Canoe is the biggest bird in the world and he makes his home among these trees here. Once a day he flies away to drink water from the Zool River. That's probably where he is now. If we can get him to carry us to the Zool, we shall be alright because that river is not far from Trim. How are we going to get him to take us? asked Tall. That's easy, said Noomzor Noom. The Melly Canoe is big, but his legs are small and weak. More than that, his feet are very ticklish. If we can get hold of the bird's feet and tickle them, he will grant us any wish to make us stop. And how are we going to do that? asked Tall. I'll show you, said Noomzor Noom. 
Then the old man told them what he had in mind. He and Tall set to work and wove all the golden feathers into a big basket that they exactly fitted onto the inside of the nest. When this was done, they put the basket in the nest and all three of them sat down in the bottom. Nooms or Nooms said, Here we must wait until the bird comes back. He will not come until after dark. If we are very quiet, he will settle in the nest without seeing us. Then I'll show you what to do. All that afternoon they waited in the bottom of the basket, but they saw no sign of the Melly Canoe. Tall became restless. He wanted to see what was going to happen. He asked this question and that question, but the old man would tell him nothing. At last, in order to make the time pass more quickly, Noom Zor Noom uncovered the crystal block and read the story of the music box. There was a girl named Iantha. She lived in a palace with her mother. Her mother was so fond of her and so afraid that something might happen to her that she never let Iantha go outside. Instead, she built her a big playroom. And there, Iantha grew up with all the toys that any child could ever want. Now and then, the mother gave a party for Iantha. She invited children from the village to come and play with her daughter. These children used to tell Iantha all about the outside world, how fresh and soft the grass was, how pretty the flowers were, and how sweet they smelled, how much fun it was to skip and run in the woods under the trees. All this made her very sad, and after the children had gone, she used to sit in the window and cry quietly to herself. One day her mother saw her and said, What's the matter? Why are you crying? Iantha said, I want to go outside and dance in the fields like the other children. I want to pick flowers and run in the woods in the rain. Her mother said, What could you do outside? You don't even know how to dance and sing. The other children would only laugh at you and make fun of you. Learn how to dance and sing, and then I'll let you go out. Poor Iantha didn't know what to say. All her life she tried to sing, but she just couldn't. As for dancing, she had no wish to try it. But she felt that if once she got out in the fields, she would be able to do both just as easily as the other children. So she asked, how can I learn in here? Let me go out just once and you'll see me learn in no time at all. You'll not go out until you've learned, said her mother for she knew that in this way she could keep Iantha inside and to herself. What could Iantha do? She cried and cried and begged her mother not to be so cruel. Finally, her mother went away and left her. Still Iantha cried, and her tears fell on the floor and made a big pool. After a while, she became so tired that she went to sleep sitting on the windowsill. Of course, she slipped off and fell into the pool. This woke her up. She looked for the pool, but it had gone. Her clothes had soaked all the tears up and everything she had on turned into gold. She had gold shoes, a gold dress, and a gold handkerchief. She knew that her mother would take these from her if she found them. So she took them all off, put on other things, and hid the golden clothes under the mattress. On her next birthday, her mother gave her a beautiful gold music box, all set with jewels. Iantha loved this more than any presents she'd had ever had. 
She used to play it and try to sing and dance to the tunes. In this way, she learned a little bit about singing, just enough to scare her mother. So her mother forbade her to play it except for an hour every morning. Ayantha pretended she did not want to play it anymore. And then every night, after she was certain all of the people in the palace were asleep, she would get up and start the music box. She would put on all of her beautiful golden clothes and dance and sing as well as she could. One night, the moon was shining very brightly in her window. The music box had run down and Ayantha was feeling for the hole to put the key in so she could wind it up. Just as she found it and was about to stick in the key, a soft little voice said, Ayantha, is that you? Ayantha looked to see where the voice came from, but she couldn't quite make it out. Again, she started to wind up the music box, and again the same little voice said, Ayantha, is that you? It's me, said Ayantha, but where are you, and what do you want? I'm in the music box, right here, feel with your finger. Ayantha put her finger to the keyhole, and there she felt a tiny, tiny hand. Wouldn't you like to come in? Very much, said Ayantha, but I'm big and this box is small. You come in and we'll teach you how to dance and sing, said the little voice. But I'm too big, said Ayantha. No, you're not. Give me your hand, said the voice. At first, Ayantha was afraid. But when the little person in the box offered so kindly to teach her to sing and dance, she forgot all else. She took hold of the tiny hand and clutched it with her strength. She felt herself shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. Then someone gave her a pull, and the next thing she knew, she was through the keyhole and inside the music box. She knew what the inside of a music box was supposed to look like. It had a big round barrel, all covered with funny prickly things, but that wasn't what Ayantha saw. She was standing in a wide yellow field, and in every direction she saw trees and bushes. Everything smelled so nice and fresh, just like the outdoors must. This is very nice, she thought, to be outside like this, but who brought me here? No sooner had she thought it than a lot of children came skipping across the field in her direction. They seemed fun and happy and full of life. Ayantha, Ayantha, they shouted. Have you come to play with us? When they saw the beautiful golden clothes she had on, they were all very much surprised. They said, look at her, look at her. She is in all gold. She must be our queen. Then they formed a circle and danced and sang about her. Where am I? asked Diantha, for she couldn't believe what had happened to her. Is this really the music box? Of course it is, they shouted. But where is that great yellow round thing and all the prickly little black things? she asked. When they heard her say this, they laughed and shouted. The field you're standing in is part of the yellow thing and the trees are the prickly black things. Then they shrieked with joy and all ran up and took hold of her. Am I as small as all of you? asked Diantha. Well, surely you are. That's how you got in. Now we're going to show you how to dance, they said, pulling at her hands. Diantha asked no more questions. She was too happy with her new friends to think of anything but joining in all of the fun. Now, 
You do just as we do, they said. They all joined hands with Iantha in the middle and then spread out across the field in a long line. In a minute it will start, said the boy at her right. When it does, you must dance and sing the same as we do. The next minute the field started to move. Then they all danced and sang while the field moved by under their feet. They did not dare stay on the ground long for fear of being carried down the steep slope behind them. The field passed by, and a forest came. In all the trees, birds were singing. After the forest went by, another field came. And so they danced through woods and fields, which passed by them, while they really jumped up and down in the same spot. It was so easy that Iantha could do just as well as all of the others. At last, they stopped right in the center of a small field. And Iantha had time to catch her breath before they sang another tune. Then on they went again, dancing and singing, until Iantha had learned all of the tunes that the music box played. I love it, she cried, her face flushed with excitement. I could go on all night. It's such fun to be outside like this. Isn't it, said a little boy. But if you had to do it as much as we do, you might get tired. Oh, no, I wouldn't, she said. I want to stay here forever with you. You're all so nice to me. In a minute, all of the children had gathered around her. Our queen, our queen, they shouted. We are going to crown you queen. One of them rushed up and placed on her head a lovely crown all made of flowers. Now dance, they cried. And while they sang and threw roses at her, Iantha danced. She had never been so happy in her life. It was such fun to be with these playful children out in the woods and fields. She could not bear the thought of ever having to leave them. Her good time was over much too soon. The minute the first light of day shone in through the keyhole, the boy who had been more or less taking care of her said, You must go now. Give me your hand, and I'll see that you get out all right. He led Iantha to the keyhole and held on to her hand while she crawled through. Then he squeezed her hand with all his might, and she grew bigger and bigger and bigger, until once more she was her own size. She hurried to take off the golden clothes and her crown of flowers. She put them back under the mattress and got into bed and went to sleep. That morning when her mother came to wake her up, Iantha said, I have learned how to dance. Now you must let me go outside. Her mother laughed at her and said, You have been dreaming. How could you ever learn how to dance? I have, said Iantha. You go out of the room and don't come in till I call you. Then you'll see what I can do. So her mother went out. Iantha got all dressed up in her beautiful clothes. She put on her crown and started the music box playing. All right, she said, come in. And when her mother came in, Iantha was dancing and singing more beautifully than could any of the other children in the village. Her mother couldn't take her eyes off her. She was so graceful and sang so sweetly. After she had sung all of the tunes the music box played, she stopped and asked, Now may I go out into the fields? Where did you learn all of this? asked her mother, for she couldn't believe her own eyes what she'd seen. The music box taught me, said Iantha. Would you like to see me do it again? She started again. While she danced, she went nearer and nearer the door. And before her mother knew what was happening, Iantha disappeared down into the hall. Down the hall she danced and on down the stairs. 
and she went right on out the front door. Not once did she stop to look back, but she skipped and ran across the fields just as fast as she could go. This is even more fun than the music box, she thought to herself. If I can only reach the woods before anyone catches me, I'll be all right. Finally, she came to the edge of the woods. She ran in among the trees and sat down on a rock. She had not been sitting there long before all the birds began to sing just as they had in the music box. And when Iantha looked up to listen, she saw all her little friends from the music box come running through the woods toward her. She said to them, what are you doing? One of them said, your mother was very angry because you learned to dance. So she broke the music box and threw it away. We had to run to save ourselves. If she did that, said Iantha, I'm not going back home. So she stayed in the woods and lived with the little people from the music box. She was very happy with them and they made her their queen. She is still with them. And all day long she sings and dances through the woods and fields. When he was through reading the story, the old man opened the end of the crystal block, reached in, and carefully pulled out a large coil of golden rope. He carefully laid it in the bottom of the basket where he could easily reach it. But he did not say a word about what he was going to use it for. Time passed. Evening came. As soon as it was dark, all the round things that Tall had been seeing hanging from the branches began to fly about. As they flew, their bodies lit up with many different colors. When Tall saw them, he said, What are those? They look too big to be fireflies. They are magic lanternflies, said Noomsor Noom. They only light up when the Melly Canoe is not here. When that bird comes, they go out because if they stayed lit, the Melly Canoe would catch them and eat them. While Tall sat watching them fly above the nest, all of a sudden, they all went out. Then from the distance, Tall heard a long cry that sounded like, Melly Canoe, Canoe, Canoe. For a moment, all was silent. Then again came the cry, Melly canoe, canoe, canoe. Only this time it was much louder and sounded quite near. And when the bird cried for the third time, Nooms or Noom whispered to Tall and Millie Tinkle, lie down flat in the bottom of the basket. Here comes the bird. He had hardly spoken these words when there was a flutter of wings and a great commotion in the trees just overhead. Then they heard the bird jump down onto the branch the next minute, two shining purple eyes looked over the edge of the nest. For a long time, they looked as if to make sure that everything was all right. Then the bird hopped and settled down on the nest with a loud squawk of satisfaction. That was all that Tall saw, for after that, everything became pitch black.